Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. The recap being that Ephesus was a massive, huge city, um, an epicenter of worship for, for Greek and Roman gods. And for two years, Paul had uh, a really effective missionary presence uh, there and lots of people came followers of Jesus and so this letter comes years later when Paul has been imprisoned by the Romans and it's really a letter of two halves the first half looking at the story of the gospel and how all of history came into its climax in Jesus and in the creation of this multi-ethnic community comprised of Jews and non-Jews these followers from the covenant family of God promised to Abraham they live in unity as one body one family one neighborhood one church because of God's grace and so the second half therefore looks at how uh, the gospel story this incredible gospel story should affect how we live every aspect of our lives and so um, we get to this great word which says finally finally Paul says as he's about to bring his letter to a close Um, and so we're going to read from Ephesians 6 10 through to 20 um, And then we'll get going. So it says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. Finally, finally, Paul says, he has spoken of the greatness of the purpose of God in Christ, of the glory of his high calling and the life that should follow from it. The standards have been set, the standards for personal life, for life in fellowship of Christian community and in the more intimate circle of the home. And yet he still wants to remind his readers that such a life cannot be lived without a spiritual battle, of which intensity he has become more and more conscious of in his own experience. Even though victory is secure, it has to be won through the battle. It says, doesn't it, in verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, find your source of power in the Lord and his might and his strength. You see, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. We saw, actually, um, Thank you, Ruth, for helpfully bringing in two verses I wanted to both last week and uh, this week, which is that last week, uh, Ruth looked at, didn't she, about John 15, about being part of the vine, that we are like branches severed from the vine if we are apart from Christ. And yet with Christ, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13. Because God's power, why? Because his power is infinite, 
By his mighty power, God not only created the heavens and the earth, he caused mountains to tremble, storms to quiet, red seas to part, and, the, and, and Lazarus to rise from the dead. Not only did he do that, but specifically, as already mentioned within this letter, that this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, chapter 1, verse 20, and the same power that brought them back to life when they were dead in their sins, chapter 2, verse 1. It is this power that is in operation it is therefore as if Paul was saying when I urge you when I ask you to find your source of power in the Lord and in the strength of his might I'm not making an unreasonable request for you yourselves know that this mighty power this mighty power has been revealed by these two marvelous deeds that he has uh, raised from the dead that he has brought you back to life from your sins therefore We're not dealing with an abstract concept, but with the power of God demonstrated throughout human history. So when you ask him to strengthen you, when you say, Lord, come and strengthen me, he's certainly going to hear you for this he is able to do, because he is able to do infinitely more than we could ask or imagine. Chapter 3, verse 20. You know, these words, therefore, finally, they're not words randomly thrown in. These are words that are, that are there to cause us to remember everything that has come before, everything that our lives are to be built on. It was easier for the Ephesians because they read this letter as a whole, but we are to go and we've separated it out. We're to go back and to remember everything that's come before. Therefore, finally, these are important words. It speaks of all that came before. Let's not forget it. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. The call to put on the full armour of God is an expression uh, found in, of a similar appeal in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.8. And Paul often uses such language. This armour is an armour provided by God, a model on what he says, uh, wears himself. It says in Isaiah um, 59, it says, he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in his zeal as a cloak. God is our commander of, of the army. He is, he is the thing that he is modeled on. And this, this armor is a complete outfit. The soldier must be protected from head to foot. And it's made up of both offensive and defensive armor. And quite possibly, like just speaking realistically, Paul's in prison at this moment. And he's probably just like looking outside at the, the guard standing outside his room. And we today, we're not going to go into the, the, the full explanation of, of the content of the armor. One, because we did it in the summer. For those of you who join us in the summer, you'll have horrific nightmares of the wonderful uh, doll that we use to dress up called Sven. Um, don't worry, I didn't bring him today. But we've also got a lack of time, and I already have eight pages of notes. We don't need any more time spent. So we're not going to examine it, but what we are going to examine today is what it means to stand in this armour. I would ask you to, um, to later to, to really go through what each part of the armour means, because there's so much wealth and wisdom within it. But let's look at verse 13 in the NIV. It says, Because of this... You must wear all the armor that God provides you so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. I'm reading it in the Passion Translation. Let me go back to my other translation. Here we go. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand, this word stete, is a key word in this passage. In fact, three times Paul uses it and repeats this word to stand. The first time being a compound word, meaning withstand, implying a stand against a great opposition. 
Stete is a military term, literally for holding onto a position. And this is because before any offensive can be launched, any um, attack can, can go, one must first maintain his own ground. A guy called Mole says this, he says, the present picture is not of a march or of an assault, but of the holding on of the fortress of the soul and of the church for the heavenly king. The idea being that this ground has already been taken, the victory already won, therefore stand in this victory. We know, don't we, that the devil is a thief who comes to still kill and destroy, and therefore we are to stand on everything that Christ has won for us and not give it up. Uh, I think just over a week ago, we celebrated VE Day, didn't we, as a country? And VE Day and D-Day is quite possibly one of the, the most um, visual examples, maybe, of, uh, of what we're enacting right now, which is that on D-Day, uh, the uh, battle was, uh, the war was won, and yet it wasn't until VE Day that complete victory was declared. We know victory has been won. We know that uh, there is no coming back from this, that Christ has defeated everything, and yet there are still battles to be fought. This armor, therefore, enables the soldier to ward off these attacks from the enemy and make a stand against him. You know, there are many things to be done in this Christian life, many opportunities for service, but Paul could see the possibility of a person doing great things, even as great as an apostle himself and yet being a castaway in the end. So he stresses here with all the emphasis he can that having done it all, having accomplished great things, they must be sure to stand, to hold, and to keep their ground. Stand, therefore, he says, in the armour provided, which alone will make you invincible. I think it would be remiss not to mention what we're standing against. The, uh, in verse 12, which says, you know, uh, uh, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The fourfold use of against stresses the determined hostility confronting us. The commander-in-chief of the opposing forces is the devil himself, the sworn enemy of the church, a master, ingenious strategist, and his tactics cannot be allowed to catch us unawares. Until the end of the age, these demonic forces already defeated by Christ on the cross, which we see in chapter 4, verse 9. They exercise a certain limited authority in temporarily opposing the purpose of God. The title here used to describe the devil, cosmocrator, definitely not how you pronounce it, but it means power, potent, and it occurs frequently in classical and rabbinical literature. And it denotes one who aspires to world control, the key word being there, aspires to. You know, I think maybe in the West we may have become a little uncomfortable or unfamiliar with uh, the spiritual nature of our battle. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. We may bring out the emphasis of this original by translating it uh, more like not for us is the wrestling against flesh and blood. In the Passion Translation, it literally says um, in the, the hand-to-hand combat. Momentarily, he, uh, Paul changes from the kind of the imagery of a soldier to that of a wrestler, for the latter gives the stress that he seeks to convey, which is the personal nature of the conflict and the reminder that guile as well as brute strength has to be faced. 
The struggle, literally the wrestling, is not merely against human foes, but a war to the death against supernatural forces. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. The day of evil here is neither a particular juncture, like approaching death or the last great satanic outbreak at the end of age. It's just when things are at their worst because of the devil's schemes. And, and what Paul wants you to know is that if you do these things, you put on the armor, when the emergency is over for the time being, it will be found that not an inch of territory has been yielded. Let me read verse 13 in the Passion Translation. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. It's why we're to take up the armor. And so I want to move on now to, to talk about prayer, to talk about verses 18 to 20. Let's read them in the Passion Translation. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessing of God upon all his believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hopeful gospel. Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom and with bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador." The word all or its equivalent is used four times in uh, one verse in the original and uh, we can refer to them as like the four alls of prayer. The first being the variety of prayer, that it's all prayer and supplication. The second, the when aware of prayer, that it is at all times in the spirit, the manner of prayer being alert and the indirect objects of prayer being for all the saints, for all the body, for all believers. Prayer is for every occasion to be offered with utter earnestness and constantly for every Christian soul. Every incident of life is to be dealt with in prayer. Paul is aware that this is no light demand to be made, but true Christian prayer is prayer in the Spirit. Holy Spirit is given to us as a helper, not least for the task of prayer. Such prayer, Paul says, finally, unlimited in the times and the ways in which it may be offered is not to be unlimited in outreach to those for whom it is offered. You know, we're not meant to do this alone. The individual Christian is not to think only of his own spiritual conflict, but to be concerned for the whole church of Christ and for the victory of all in the fight. Paul very rarely speaks about his own physical circumstances, but for one brief moment, he turns the attention on himself. He knows the power of prayer and how much it is needed. He's aware that he is weak sometimes. He's so aware of his own weakness or the fact that he needs divine strength and guidance in every moment. I want to be uh, really honest with you guys this morning. I don't want to preach on this um, because I wanted to hear it rather than say it. Because right now for me, um, I'm, I'm battling. I'm in, uh, I'm in that day of evil where things feel like it's at its worst. And uh, I thought of any other possible thing to preach on um, apart from it, but it felt remiss not to, because this is the point. This is the end of the, the book. This is the point of the book after everything finally put on the armour. And so even though that I am currently wrestling, I'm currently experiencing the closeness of that battle, I want to talk to you from that place. Um, I'd ask that you not try and guess what I'm battling. I, I think you wouldn't know. But 
all I can tell you is that it's very real and it's very painful. But in the realness and in the pain and in, uh, in the reality of the situation, God's teaching me these two things. And he's making me aware of my two, two, two needs that I have, one for people and one for, for God himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I, I left home at 16 and I'm an incredibly independent person. In fact, I've gained the title Miss Independent and I actually pride myself on how much I can do in my own strength. I'm an incredibly strong person, um, but I need people. And actually, one of uh, the testimonies of this year is that um, God has surrounded me with people who will love me and who will care for me, um, even when I don't want them to, and when I actually try very hard to push them away. But we were not made to do these things alone. We were put into a family. God, very specifically, I think, created uh, a body of Christ because he knows that we need each other. And we do need each other. And as much as I maybe don't like that sometimes... We need each other, and we need to root ourselves in community. Because when I am weak, I need others to help me stand. Far greater than that, I've become aware of my need for God. Um, <laughs> not just to, uh, just not just to kind of tell him of my my problems, and not just to run around doing things for him. In fact, I remember my lecturer at college telling me that, uh, you know, so many people run around God doing great things for him, but never come and take the time to sit down in front of him. And that's all that he desires. I love what it says in verse 10 in the Passion Translation, which says, my beloved ones, I've saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Our God desires to pour all of his goodness into us so that we can stand, that we would draw strength from him because he's a good father who wants to give us great things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who've, who've been really blessed with an uh, incredible earthly father. When my dad was alive, um, the only place he would find me would pretty much be on his lap. I would sit on his lap all the time. Uh, and if I wasn't on his lap, I was doing things with him. I was on his shoulders, very physical contact uh, with my father. And that's what God, our father, wants to do because he wants to give us good things. You know, my earthly father, I genuinely cannot remember a time that he said no to me. But not because I don't think he ever did say no to me, but because my memory of him is one who gave great things, who always desired to bless me, who always was for me. And that is who our heavenly father is. That our Heavenly Father wants great things for us. He wants to strengthen us in the battle. And therefore, he says, come to me. Join your life with me. Let, me. let me pour everything that I am into you because this is what my desire is for you because I am for you. But I want to I really highlight this, guys, which is what I am facing is a battle, not a war, because the wars already been won. Whenever we face things, we need to remember that they're battles, not wars, because the war has already been won. You know, when we became Christians, we were not promised an easy life, but we were promised victory. And so I want to read you some of the promises that God says. And I'm going to go through these really quickly, 
But these are promises for victory. They say this in Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 1 John 5, 4, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Proverbs 21, 31, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests of the Lord. And finally, Romans 8, 31 what then shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us you know I know I'm not the only one battling today I've um have the privilege of speaking to multiple people this week actually who are facing their own battles we stand together and I and I'm just going to pause here for a moment and say if you are battling if you are hurting um please do get in contact um, we care and we love you and we are here for you and we want to stand with you. We will stand with you. But I also want to say this is, I've, I want to tell you that someone else is standing with you far greater than I am. And that is our heavenly high priest, Jesus. I want to read you what it says in Hebrews uh, 4, verses 14 to 16. It says, therefore, we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly, therefore, to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted into every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Not only did God place us into a family so that we could stand together, he gave us a high priest who was interceding for us. We have the God of angel armies on our side. And so, and I'm saying this really for me as much as I'm saying it for you guys, is that take hold, take hold of the armor that God has provided. Stand on the victory already won and pray passionately until you see the breakthrough come. I, am, I really believe in prophetic actions. Um, and so I'm actually going to ask you, wherever you are now, to stand. Because um, I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for me. Um, but I want you to stand where you are because we're going to make a prophetic, prophetic action to say we're going to stand on this victory. We're going to stand in our armor. If you are watching uh, at home with somebody, I'm going to ask you to stand shoulder to shoulder next to them. I'm presuming if you're watching with somebody, it means you're in the same household and therefore social distancing does not need to apply. But I, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray this over you. And we're gonna prophetically stand together and say this together. Father, I put on truth as a belt to strengthen me, to stand in triumph. I put on holiness as the protective armor that covers my heart, and I stand on my feet alert, ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle I take, as my, I take faith as my wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at me from the evil one. I embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect my thoughts from lies. 
And I take the mighty razor sharp, razor sharp spirit sword of the word of God. Spirit, would you help me pray passionately as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Spirit, help me pray the blessings of God upon all believers. Spirit, help me that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel for I want to be your ambassador. I choose now to take hold of this armor for me and for my family in Christ. I choose now to stand on this victory you have already won for me and for my family in Christ. And I choose now to pray passionately in every battle until I see the breakthrough for me and for my family in Christ. Amen.